The final thing for me to do in this section is to introduce today's speaker. She is my incredible wife. Nikki has got a message that I believe is from the Father's heart today. She has been pouring over it because we know that this is really, really timely for us as a church and as a wider church across the nation. So thank you, Nikki, for all that you've poured into this in advance. Why don't we open, as always, our hearts, our minds, our spirits to receive what God has for us today through Nikki. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you today, although in the interest of full disclosure, I must say I would much rather be speaking to your lovely faces than into a camera. But I know that God is going to use our time together to strengthen and enrich each of us today. There are many things I enjoy about parenting and I am a relatively creative person. I love writing stories, I love writing poetry, um, I love making up songs. There are all sorts of things I enjoy doing that are creative. But there are two words that fill me with dread. And last weekend, my eldest daughter happened to ask if we could do these two words, and that is junk modeling. Yes, she wanted to do some junk modeling. And it was Saturday, I was busy with something, and I, I gave her that typical wait response from a parent, which is yes, we can totally do that. But in my brain, I'm thinking we can totally do that, but I need a plan. I'm just not that person who can gather up, you know, loads of old milk bottles and toilet rolls and cardboard boxes and suddenly create the most amazing Jeep. That is just not me. So I thought I, what I'll do is I'll get onto the internet. I'll look for some ideas and I'll find what we need and we can do it tomorrow. So I stalled her, basically. Well, fast forward to the next morning. The next morning, I was on a Zoom meeting with the leadership team of Skylark Church. We gathered together every Sunday before Sunday Online is put out to pray for each of you. And we were having a great time of prayer. And I'm looking around the room, I'm soaking in the atmosphere. And I suddenly look to the right of me and there by my arm on the table was an Amazon package. And it was empty packaging, just a brown cardboard package, nothing major until I saw that overlaid on this dull plain package. It was waiting to be recycled that had been discarded. That was pretty much useless from this point in our house. Aria had drawn the most beautiful rainbow on the front and next to the rainbow there was a picture of Aria and she was looking happy and above that there was a unicorn which is another of her favourite things and I felt God speaking to me through this recycled, I suppose her own effort at junk modelling because I'd asked her to wait and my heart was warmed and it was touched because I thought to myself, she has transformed something that was waiting to be thrown away in our house. It was, it was ready to go out with the rubbish. And it's now taken on a whole new value because of the artist. I love the artist. I love the person that has drawn on this. And all of a sudden, that which was ready to be discarded, that had little value in our household, became something that I would treasure. There was a little label on the packaging 
and it hadn't been filled in with anything. It was just a blank white sticker. And she'd written on there, Aria's freedom, which makes me feel happy. And I found her later after that meeting and I asked her about it. And I said, what did that mean? Why did you, why did you write about freedom? And she said, oh, when I was doing my junk modeling mommy, I was having a conversation with Jesus and he was talking to me about freedom. And I was telling him that when I feel free, I feel so happy. Oh, you can imagine my heart skipped a beat. That moment of junk modeling or non-junk modeling in my case, got me thinking about waste and about rubbish. You see two words that I have heard so much in association with 2020 are waste and rubbish. I've heard so many people say, what a waste, what a waste this year's been. Wasted opportunities, wasted time, wasted moments, wasted energy. This is definitely one to draw a line under and consign to the scrap heap of rubbish years. And if I'm honest, I've had those thoughts at times too about 2020. I'm not here to argue the case for the fact that this has been a wonderful year. It's been a difficult year. It's been challenging and hard. There's been trauma, there's been heartache, and we're still going through some of that really challenging stuff. So don't get me wrong. There are very many things about this year that have been completely rubbish, but isn't it interesting that our immediate instinct with anything that is less than ideal, less than perfect, is to write it off. We want to get rid of it somehow, to hide it away, throw it on the scrap heap and start again. Our culture and our society is obsessed with the pursuit of perfection, with beauty. We're sold fruit and vegetables that are genetically modified so that they look perfect, so that we'll buy them. Because if they happen to have marks or stains or look a little bit odd, somehow they don't appeal as much. We have apps to make us look thinner, less tired. I could probably use that one today. Um, more even in complexion and skin tone, so that we will appeal more to those around us. And we create this unwritten rule that if it doesn't fit into the model of perfection, it's somehow less valuable. It's worth less. But what I've been learning and I'm still learning is that's not how it is with God. And thank goodness for that. You see, our God is not into writing people off and he's not finished with you or with me yet. Where others only see junk, where others only see trash, that which is waiting to go out, God sees treasure. He looks beyond the junk of our lives and he unearths beauty, value and worth. Let's be real this morning. Every single one of us has parts and places in our lives that we're not proud of. Things that miss the mark, the junk, the rubbish, the stuff we're ashamed of. Whether it's our flaws, our failures, the painful places and situations that have etched scars onto our hearts. Our fears, our insecurities, that feeling that somehow no matter how hard we try we're just not good enough. Let's call all of that stuff junk. Generally, 
we tend to do one of two things when it comes to our junk. Either we try to cover it up, to hide it away, to conceal it or forget about it in the hope that no one else will notice. We perform. We try to earn approval and work super hard to make people and sometimes even to try to make God love us and accept us. And we can spend a lot of time deceiving ourselves and even deceiving others, trying to live up to these expectations that are impossible, trying not to disappoint anyone, trying not to let anyone down, not to let ourselves down. Have you ever done that? I know I do it often. Or in an attempt to get rid of this junk, we write ourselves off. We decide that there's no point in trying because we'll never be enough. And we buy into this lie that we're broken, useless, beyond repair. We're too far gone. We'll never amount to anything of value. Sometimes we do both. But it doesn't matter which approach we take. The junk is still there. As I've been praying over us as a church family this last week, I have a sense that some of us are really struggling with our junk right now. Perhaps lockdown has highlighted some of our flaws and imperfections, like a magnifying glass, making them bigger. Maybe all those video calls have left us feeling less than perfect. Perhaps we're wrestling with pain, with addiction, with anxiety or perfectionism. Church, I believe that God wants to remind us this morning of some really important and really good news. You see, God is the ultimate junk modeler. He is the most epic artist. And if we're willing to place ourselves, our lives into his hands, just as we are, to believe in him and to trust him with the process, then he excels at taking the junk in our lives, the junk in our hearts, the stuff in our character that's ugly and flawed and transforming them painstakingly, lovingly, incredibly into something of beauty, something of value, a piece of artwork so amazing it takes your breath away. God can transform our ashes into art. I want to focus in on two passages today. Firstly, Isaiah 61, this beautiful exchange of ashes for art. And Jesus reads this passage out in the synagogue and he refers to himself as the fulfillment, the, the, the fulfillment of the promise that's contained within. It says this, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. We're going to zone in now on this element of verse 3. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called 
oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I love these verses because they remind me that God is an artist, that he is creative with grief and pain and loss and brokenness. And I think of a mosaic, a beautiful finished piece of art that is made of broken pieces of glass being pieced together painstakingly, intricately to create something even more beautiful than they were when they were whole. God takes ashes to art. He takes those things that look finished and wasted in our lives and he creates something of beauty, mourning to joy. He takes our grief and our loss and somehow interweaves them with joy, with a hope that transcends the grave. He gives us praise for despair. He takes our hopelessness, those areas where we've written ourselves off, and overlays them with fresh hope. He puts a new song in our hearts from the depths of despair. He is the God who brings freedom for captivity, takes our limitations and exchanges them for the wide open spaces. Let's take a look at Ephesians, sorry, Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says this, for we are God's masterpiece. I love that. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Church, did you know you're God's masterpiece? Other translations say his workmanship and the Greek word translates as poem. You are literally poetry in motion. God's story of love and kindness is woven intricately through every verse, every cadence, every image and every word that makes up your life. He hasn't written you off. In fact, he's passionately writing the poem of your life and of my life with delight, with care, with artistry, with beauty and with attention to detail. No word is wasted. No comma is careless. How? How does this happen? How do we find our ashes replaced with art, our junk remodelled into something of purpose, something of value, something of beauty. Well, it hinges on the cross. You see, the cross is the pinnacle of this transformation process in our lives. That's how the artistry happens. That's where the life-changing grace is poured out for you and for me. We can bring our waste our rubbish, our junk, the scrap heap of our lives and bring them to the cross. You see, when Jesus died, he took it all. He took all the rubbish that you and I could ever create. The Bible calls it sin. He takes it all. There's never a point where he says, that's too bad. You're too far gone. I can't do anything with you. Instead, he takes it all. And in dying, our junk was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? 
But listen, that's not the end of the story because Jesus is not simply some kind of scrapyard. He's not some kind of rubbish dump where all our junk goes just so we can feel better. No, there's more to the story than that because Jesus rose again. He's alive. And because he's alive, because of his resurrection power, there's this incredible exchange. It's not just that we can hand him our rubbish and our junk if we'll allow him to take it and let it be nailed to the cross. It's that actually he wants to take it and transform it into something new. There's this transformation that can take place for those of us who believe and trust in Jesus. We hand him those broken, stinking, horrible parts of our lives that we long to get rid of, the bits that we're ashamed of, the ashes, and he creates something beautiful in their place, a work of art, the process of transformation. He takes the times that we've stuffed up and hands up us forgiveness, cleansing, freedom. He takes the pain that we've caused to others, the things that we've done wrong, and he hands us grace. Think of the criminal on the cross next to Jesus. We don't know what that criminal had done, but it was bad enough that he was being put to death for his crime. And yet, as he believes in Jesus and recognizes who he is, Jesus tells him, you will be with me in paradise today. He takes our distance and our separation and hands us relationship, communion, closeness with our dad in heaven. He takes our shame and hands us honor. He takes our history and writes his story. Ashes to art, mourning to joy, hope for despair, freedom for captivity. Whilst we were in lockdown, we would go on our daily walk, lockdown point one, and we would walk past a house on a road near us. And it's a relatively ordinary looking semi-detached house or at least it was and it looked in need of some serious TLC some love and affection there was nothing remarkable about it it was in need of attention and day after day we witnessed a labor of love as a dad began to renovate that home ready for his family to move in and it was the most incredible picture of the transforming work of God's love and God's grace in our lives for those of us who trust him. You see, what other people might have seen as a waste of time and energy beyond repair, that man saw value in, that man could see potential in. And in the same way where others may look at the scrap and the junk and the rubbish and the dilapidation in our lives, God sees value. And he goes the extra mile to transform us, to restore that value. The last time I walked past that house, it was breathtaking. The transformation was unrecognizable. And every bit of love and effort and money that has been spent, not only to renovate that house, but to create something entirely new, something that we couldn't have conceived of before, has been so very worth it. It is beautiful. Think about the prodigal son. 
wasted years. He wasted his money, the Bible tells us, squandered it, squandered his opportunity, squandered his reputation, wasted the love that his dad had lavished upon him. I mean, this guy basically spat in his dad's face and walked away. He basically wished his dad dead, asked for his inheritance early and spent it on all of the wasteful things that he could get involved with. And the day comes where he comes home and he's stinking and he's contaminated. He's been hanging out with the pigs and he's in a Jewish family. That is contamination. He's ashamed. He is at the end of himself. He has nothing to show for his life. And you can imagine other parents tut-tutting, looking on. What a waste. We've heard those conversations before, haven't we? What a waste. He could have made something of himself. But what does the father do in that parable? That beautiful father, instead of looking at him and telling him to go and clean up his act, he is moved with compassion and he comes out to greet him. He kisses him, no matter the stench, the shame, the mess, embraces this guy, throws a robe that he would have been keeping for the most prestigious guest of honour over his son as a sign of the beauty and the value that he ascribes to him, gets out a ring and places it on his finger as a seal of affirmation, as a seal of reinstation, as his authority and his position of a son in his house. And then he throws the party to end all parties. Grace recycles. It repurposes and God is the ultimate junk modeler. Grace recovers that which we feel has been squandered or lost in our lives. But it doesn't just renovate it back to what was there before. It creates something even better. It's not a renovation, it's a transformation. Grace restores value rather than rejecting. And in a world that is so quick to reject anything that doesn't meet the mark of perfection, God's grace is so valuable. Grace reinstates dignity and honour. And grace reveals true identity. It's nothing we can earn. It's nothing we've done or haven't done. We can't be written off. Why? Because God the Father sees himself in you. That is the value that he sees. It's not our own merit. That's why no one can boast in his grace. It's nothing that we could do or earn. He sees himself in us. We are made in his image. Colossians 1 verse 27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Instead of disgracing us when he's confronted with our junk, God overlays every broken crack with gold. There's a form of art called kintsugi. It's a Japanese form of arts. And some friends of ours have started a charity, Kintsugi Hope, which you've probably heard us talk about. And it's based around this concept. Kintsugi takes broken pottery 
and it overlays every crack with pure gold so that what is created doesn't hide the brokenness it doesn't try to conceal it but it actually overlays it with such value that the sum total of the new piece of artwork that's been created is breathtakingly beautiful so much more beautiful than the pottery was before it was broken that is what god's grace does for us you and i we are living works of art every flaw every failure overlaid with the grace of jesus displaying his artistry and I like to imagine when God talks about us being his masterpiece, that he's walking through this gallery and he's going, hey, have you seen Nikki? Have you seen how in her childhood she felt rejected by her father? But now, since coming to me and since handing me that brokenness and that shame and that rejection, I've overlaid it with my belonging. I've overlaid it with my acceptance. Have you seen how beautiful that is? I imagine him pointing out the elements of your life that were once broken pieces, that once looked beyond repair and saying, have you seen my son? Have you seen my daughter? Have you seen how beautiful they are? He sees himself, his value, his worth, his image in you. You are full of his goodness, his love, his beauty and his glory. Ashes to art, mourning to joy, despair to praise, captivity to freedom. So in closing, what do you and I need to bring to Jesus today, to the cross? What junk do we need to hand over to him so that he can remodel our brokenness and create a work of art from our ashes. Let me pray. Jesus, I pray today specifically for anybody who is wrestling with their internal junk. Lord, their flaws, failures, those mistakes that they've made, perhaps really big things that they're wrestling with that have caused them to feel ashamed. Father, I pray that you would give each of us courage to bring those things to you today that we would believe in you and the transforming power of your grace and your love. I pray for anyone today who feels written off, perhaps who has written themselves off, and any areas of our lives, our hearts or our purpose that we feel are wasted or wasting away. We give those areas to you this morning and we ask you to create something of beauty. We trust you in the process. We may not always understand what you're doing, but we ask that you would overlay every crack, every broken area with the gold of your grace. And Lord, we think of those who we may have written off, those who we may have stopped seeing as you see them. I pray that we would be among those who find the value and the treasure in every human being and calls it out. Would you show us how we can bring hope and grace and rewrite the story of those who feel written off in our society and in our culture? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.